From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. On this meeting, we have things that move, things that don't move, things that smoke, things that don't smoke, holes in the ground, and so much more. This meeting is now in session. Hey. Good day. I say good day to you, sir. How are you doing? I say good day. I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Quite good, good, good. All right, so we need to have another one of these meeting things, I hear. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes I wonder yeah. if, if if it's all worth it. If, you know, if the people on the sixth floor ever take our recommendations seriously. I don't know. And then I um, I climb out the vent mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, and I go to the grating at the window and I see people walking by and I realize they're, they're citizens of this great city and I, and I realize that it's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they throw gum at me. Yeah. 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 Sometimes well, coins, though. Things are improving. Things they are used, improving. They used to throw banana peels and uh, medical waste at you, so... I, that's that's quite true. Right. Yeah. I've, I've had several needles uh, in, in my arms from, you know, being thrown... Like, yeah, yeah. Like darts. Yeah, It's like, like darts. they're playing darts with yeah, it's your like, arm. It's like I'm a human, like, dart board, mm-hmm. and they're, like, brilliant dart players... Yep. I don't know. Every one of them is a Keith talent in this town. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was trying to come up with the name of a brilliant dart player. That's the only one I know. And that's the only one. And that one's not actually a real person, but that's close enough. Close enough. All right. So what do we need to uh, move this this meeting forward? I wonder if Cliff Thorburn (coughs) plays darts. He must. A name like that, Thorburn? I think he might actually. I I think actually he's billiards. No, no. Yeah. So, uh, shall we? Shall we take? How about you take attendance today? Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I always get the names wrong. Oh, I'm okay. Little, I'm. I realize that, you know, after a while, people probably don't want to hear me, you know, make the same mistakes again and again. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I can do it. Um, yeah, and you know, I kind of expected that this day was coming, and so I prepared. I, I prepared an attendance for tonight. Excellent. So, and I'm not going to get it wrong, the well, way you have. No, of course not. No. Oh, no. Okay, so here we go. Attendance. Oh, huh. This is interesting. According to the attendance sheet that I've got here, it says uh, tonight in the meeting we have A Gone Dad and Alphanumeric N, and they're from Team Bum Equivocation Perfumery. Ah, the Equivocation Perfumery. Team Bums Equivocation. Team Bums Equivocation. Perfumery. Are they. Yeah. Are, are they the proprietors? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't say here. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Equivocation Perfumery is taking over our business. Or yeah. That'd be great. Er- or I'm sure perfumery actually is something that would really, really improve the Queen City, uh, I think. I, I think so. Well, I mean, that would be like the smell of lies, from, from what I can say. Mm-hmm. So they, So essentially, Equivocation Perfumery would be, you know, they would just be able to like sort of pump in sort of like delightful odors to mask like the the actual smell of the city yeah yeah team bum's doing that too team bum, team bum. yeah oh, that's I mean, appropriate. They need, they, it sounds like they would need it with a name like team yeah. bum oh wait a second uh-huh. oh no i think i i think i may have screwed things up here oh yeah what? you know what i did you know what i did i ran the attendance through a markov chain algorithm Oh, okay. Yeah, it's an algorithm oh. used to make uh, coherent chains of values instead of just random noise. Right. Okay, so hang on a second here. I'm just going to, like, 
I'll, I'll run it reverse through the uh, can we, you algorithm. You can de-engineer, reverse yeah. engineer it? Okay. Ticka, 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 computer noise, computer noise. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Somebody it's, stop that computer. It's it's too loud. It says it's uh, Aiden Morgan and Paul DeShane of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Oh, that's us. Yeah. Excellent. So I'm here, Paul DeShane, and you're presumably, by process of elimination, Aiden Morgan. I am Team Bum. <laughs> that's us. <laughs> mm. Anyway, sorry, I need a little bit of water there. Well, you know, I I do I mean, I was gonna say you said you wouldn't get it wrong, but you did, but really you didn't. It was that that stupid computer. The the Markov chain that I programmed into yeah. the uh into the Apple two. Exactly. To the Apple two C. Yeah. Wow, we're uh we're we're pretty advanced down here, I guess. We are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Much better than that two plus we used to have. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I'm really tired of my Vic Twenty. Just between you and me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they just gave it to us like two weeks ago. It's got great games. It's it got does. really good games. Wow. Yeah, I've yeah. been playing uh, Load Runner. Oh, to yeah. the detriment of my work. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say. Well, I've noticed that you've been like making your own Load Runner levels. That's 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 hardcore. I know. I yeah. feel I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, you're like a hacker. <laughs> I'm a sneaker. Yeah. That's, that's well, even better than a hacker. Yeah. Well, at least I, I didn't get the names wrong the way you do. That's I true. I got them wrong in a completely different way. Different way, yeah. yeah. All right, so what do we have on the agenda for tonight? Uh, well, first up on the agenda, um, uh, let's, uh, we can take a little bit of a look at the uh, smoking band. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's not smoking band. <clears throat> no. Oh. No, no. Okay. No, that was earlier in the spring when you were supposed to ban their smokers because you don't want canker worms dropping mm-hmm. from smokers onto the street. Oh, my God. Have you ever walked under a smoker and, like, you're just covered in, like, webs from those worms? Oh, God, I hate that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you say, buddy, why don't you just sort of brush them off yourself? No. They just stand there and smoke. They're too I busy. I don't care. Yeah. Looking cool. They do look cool, except for those webs. <laughs> So smoking ban, yeah, there is a new smoking ban, and that is courtesy of Monday's council meeting. So I don't know what the date was on that Monday, but there was a Monday council meeting, as usual. They're a regularly scheduled thing. And uh, so I showed up, and uh, yeah, so I I didn't think the smoking ban would be such a big deal. The idea was, you know, they're going to, like, expand the distance from a building that you're not allowed to smoke, and they're going to make it so you can't smoke on patios. And, uh, yeah, it turned into a whole big deal this smoking ban but uh so what i've done is just to sort of like set the stage i have uh, put together a little uh smoking ban montage montage it's montage time nice yeah is it inspirational well it's about a smoking ban so i don't know how inspirational that is i think it depends on which side of the ban you're on if you're being banned not so inspirational yeah yeah (laughs) if you're a smoking if you're smoking (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to play that for us right now. Thank you. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to read the recommendations so that we're all on the same page and and those watching will understand. The City Council approved the development of a new smoking bylaw to replace the existing smoking bylaw as further described in this report, which, A, prohibits smoking and vaping on outdoor seating areas of restaurants, bars, and similar establishments. B. Prohibits outdoor smoking in all city-owned outdoor public spaces. C. 
prohibits smoking and vaping within a 10-meter buffer zone of entrances, windows, and air exchanges of public buildings. D. Prohibits vaping in enclosed public spaces where smoking is prohibited under the Tobacco Control Act. E. Has an exemption consistent with the Tobacco Control Act in relation to outdoor traditional spiritual and cultural ceremonies and F is I'm sorry has an exemption for teaching and testing devices in a vape retail store and then number two that the smoking bylaw 2017 come into effect on July 15 2017 if I could just uh, good evening your worship and counselors I'm Nathan Marco president of the gay and lesbian community of Regina so as president of the GLCR I'm appearing before all of you today joined by members of the board to respectfully request an exemption from the new smoking bylaw under consideration by council for reasons of unique and substantial concerns for our members privacy safety and security that arise with the bylaws implementation and the gay and lesbian community of Regina for background is a unique local nonprofit established in 1972 it operates a long-standing community-owned center at 27 Broad Street in Regina. The GLCR has been the heart and home of the LGBT community in Regina for 45 years and it incorporates a community center and multi-purpose space and a social club and the GLCR maintains a membership of 700 people. And it is the opinion of the GLCR that the new smoking bylaw with its blanket restriction on outdoor patio smoking and vaping, along with the increased buffer zone uh, to entrances and windows, would significantly and negatively impact the membership and patrons of the GLCR for reasons of privacy, safety and security. And we're dedicated at the GLCR to the welfare and fellowship of the LGBT community, uh, which includes people that are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, intersex, those questioning of sexual identity, along with members who are supportive allies. And the GLCR facility has a special privacy and safety and security considerations related to its use of its outdoor patio uh, for its regular operations and functions which require accommodation. Now, our great achievements as a society notwithstanding, coming out can still be a difficult and at times dangerous personal experience. And the GLCR suggests a made in Regina solution, one that maintains the spirit and intent of the GLCR, of, sorry, of the city of Regina's proposed smoking bylaw, but one that offers accommodation to the GLCR to vulnerable and equity-seeking citizens. And more than simply requesting an accommodation and exemption, we believe this is a privacy of identity as well as a safety and security issue. Now the GLCR jealously regards the individual identities of our members and patrons and we also proudly protect their right to privacy and safety and security while in our care. And in the shadow of the Pulse nightclub massacre in Orlando, Florida, the worst uh, mass shooting in U.S. history, we believe that this accommodation is timely, reasonable, and justified. And further, our members have historically faced outright and indirect discrimination in Regina, which unfortunately uh, continues to be a concern. And attendance of the GLCR is like any, is unlike any other attendance of a, a typical when tavern or bar. here tonight, I thought it was kind of going to be a lock, but the be at a last minute notice about the concerns raised by the nightclub and the membership of the nightclub are actually quite important. And what I'm concerned with in terms of the response was this hasn't been a problem in other jurisdictions. A problem based on the assessment provided by the nightclub could actually mean physical assault and serious problems. I don't want to, I don't think we should risk that. That's not something that you want to wait until afterwards to start thinking about. 
So I would move here that, in addition to the recommendations, uh, exemptions be considered for reasons of privacy, security, and safety of patrons. So, Councillor Caesar, are you saying this particular property or any any place where there is? I mean, is it more generalized exemption or just to the site specific? I would say uh, we, it would be general, so it wouldn't be isolated to the nightclub okay. in question, but it would actually be a consideration for given exemptions. I think there's a question of fairness here as well. Councillor Hawkins. Your Worship, it's precisely because I'm concerned about the security and safety of all of our citizens, men, women, young, old, children, gay and lesbian, all of our citizens, that I believe that the safety threat posed by smoking is by far the greater danger here. I also believe that if there are other safety and security threats, we have to deal with those, but we won't be dealing with them tonight in this motion. We have to deal with them uh, in a more systematic and studied manner. So for the safety and security of all of our season, our citizens, I'll be, I won't be supporting this amendment. All right, so that was from Monday night's council meeting, discussion of the new expanded smoking ban that we are putting in place uh, July 15th-ish. And we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. I agree yeah. with everything you said. So what do you think? I, um, I, I got to say, I went in like Councillor... Um, Stevens, uh, as a non-smoker, thinking, meh, it's going to be a walk. We're going to get boom, boom. We're going to be in. We're going to be out. This is going to be a quick meeting. The discussion of the gay and lesbian community of uh, Regina's uh, request for an exemption for Q Nightclub, uh, that went on for an incredibly long time. That went on for probably like the first two hours of the meeting. I'm not surprised, Yeah, actually. And, and Nathan Marquardt, the president of the GLCR, he um, not only did he have such a bass voice that he was blowing out the woofers in City Hall, yep. um, he... Uh, he he was up there. He was grilled for a very long time, handled himself incredibly well. He was utterly un unflappable. Um, he had some other people with him from the GLCR who, when the decision was made, and the decision was made to deny the exemption and to go ahead with the full, um, the full smoking ban, uh, they were livid. They were absolutely hmm. furious. I tried, um, there was a break right after this. I tried to go outside and speak to some of the people from the GLCR, and they were like, look, I can't talk to anybody right now. I just need to cool off before um, before I explode. Right. That so, yeah. Makes sense. It, one of the things that was going on throughout the meeting, uh, everybody on council had a story about um, somebody in their family or a friend who had contracted lung cancer of because of smoking. And so every one of them, the the idea of smoking being a horrible evil that causes cancer and kills people was very, very close to them. Right. So it trumped the idea of, of the... Right. Of, of the safety and security of LGBTQ people. Nobody from council had a story about an, uh, an LGBTQ person that they know or are related to who had faced any kind of um, uh, harassment or mm -hmm. violence, which I think is a very telling thing, that council 
was so distant from this issue, they had no idea what people face right. and how immediate this concern is for them and how looming this danger is that the danger of lung cancer in the future possibly is so distant from the damage that can be done to a human being in a parking lot or an alleyway right. of downtown Regina. And of course, the one of one of the issues that always comes up when it talks about things called like about things like smoking is that of course smoking is always seen in, the, in this day and age as a bad and as an indulgence at best and an addiction at worst. Mm -hmm. So whenever you try to say, well, these people need to smoke with dignity mm -hmm. in an environment where they won't, you know, be assaulted. Uh, then somebody could turn around and say, well, then they can just not smoke, mm -hmm. uh, which on the face of it sounds reasonable. But on the other hand, I think we're talking about like the, uh, we're talking about liberty. We're talking mm -hmm. about the ability to sort of be free to go about your business in a, and, but free from immediate harm mm -hmm. uh, and, and immediate stress. And I think by not granting that exception, council showed, I think, I think they showed an insensitivity. Mm -hmm. A fair bit of yeah, my and as, and as you said, yeah. it's distant from them, and they they just obviously they didn't quite get it. The the fact that like every one of us knows somebody who's you know a part of the GL LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Everybody on council should as well. The fact that they don't know the stories of what those people have gone through is kind of telling. The, the absence of those stories yes. is kind of frightening and and. Yeah, it I speaks mean, volumes. I mean, I, I I hate to say talk about privilege, but I mean Hawkins getting yeah. up and saying, saying, "Oh, I care about everybody, and I care about I care about lesbian and gay lungs, or whatever he yeah, was saying." Yeah. I mean, it it just it sounds. I mean, I I, I I like to I like to rib Hawkins on on this program uh, because he's given to these kind of pronouncements, but I think he needs to take a step back on this and think more carefully and i think you should go to a q nightclub i think you should too i think I've, they all should it's, it's should great it is actually it's actually a pretty good bar yeah to, on top of everything else yeah i think they should go there meet some people and uh go for a smoke in the alleyway and see how that goes for them yeah move move out into the dark pools you know away from the light and just see how comfortable they feel one of the things that i overheard when the uh, meeting was going to break was that everybody who came from the um glcr had those stories and they were telling those of stories course. amongst themselves right. of things that had happened to them or had happened to their friends in Regina. Um, for, for that community, this is not a tolerant city. This is not a safe yeah. city. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I find it, I find it, uh, further to what you were just saying, Hawkins, uh, it's, it's very ironic that, uh, Hawkins would be, so gung-ho to approve this ban <laughs> and, uh, you know, dictate to a swath of the population, regardless of whether they're part of Cube Nightclub's membership or not, uh, that they uh, that they can't smoke within 10 meters of a door. When he was just as outraged about the U-Pass for the University of Regina students because <laughs> to him, forcing a, a a bus pass on students smacked of social engineering. Right. And that we shouldn't be governing the city by, you know, forcing things on people. We should let, you know, the market decide, basically. Right. So on public transit, you know, hands off. But on cigarettes, he's totally right. cool. With. 
so every so I think Hawkins believes that everybody should drive their own vehicles, uh, which you know, and they can those emissions from those vehicles can like go into the atmosphere as well, and yeah. give people lung cancer or whatever else. Yeah, maybe so, we'll. Oh, sorry, pick, I, I think I think I think it's a case of picking one's poison. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Councillor Flagel actually was all over this, and he made similar points. Um, he suggested that, you know, if we're going to start dictating air quality at people's places of work, nobody should be driving cars and nobody should be using trucks, um, and which I think is a fair point. Or, and this is legit, perhaps we shouldn't have people parking and idling their cars within 10 meters of a door or a Ooh, ventilation intake. That's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, smoking, there's no question that smoking is bad for one's health and it's bad for the health of people around you. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this, it's better than vaping. Why would you say that? Well, uh, the only thing that smoking does for you, aside from, you know, the hit of pleasure from nicotine and the habit, uh, and I say this as a former smoker, uh, so I know, I know how much fun smoking can be, is that you look cool. Yeah, you're basically you you've be, you're basically you've got like a stylish little stick. You've got apparat. You've got like a little. You've got fire. You're basically holding. I think maybe it was Dennis Leary who said you got your own fire. <laughs> so you're <laughs> running around with your own fire. You're like a little cave person with a torch, yeah. and also you look cool. Vaping. You're basically you're sucking on a weird little box. Yeah. Uh, that that's not cool. And I have friends who vape, mm-hmm. and they defend vaping. The other thing it does is it degrades the practice of naming businesses. Oh, my God. Does it ever? Because it's worse than a stupid candle shop. Vaping business names are, like, almost universally awful. Yeah. Plus, when you have, like, vaping gear, when you sell vapes, you sell e-juice, which is the worst term in the world. Yeah. I mean, it is an abomination of the language. E juice. Yeah, it looks like something that a robot would like secrete <laughs> into a tube to impregnate you with his with his, with his robot sperm. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what that's what you're vaping on, people. Robot sperm. Robot sperm. Somewhere in some room, there's a robot going ha ha ha. He gets the joke. Take that, humans. <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 basically robot kinds like cruel, dirty joke on on humanity. Yeah, I, there's got to be a way to name a vape shop that is not terrible. Yeah, I mean, I I have no ideas. I was actually I was kind of hoping that this could emerge as you know a a planning a strat session on how to like uh, you know we could have like a. We, we we could we could have a master plan, a vape shop master plan that imposed names on vape shops that were were less obnoxious. <laughs> I think this is a great idea. I think yeah. we should. Act, this is something we should write up. We should and send and send up to the sixth floor. Yeah, like we should. If we're going to ban smoking and vaping, we also need to like institute strict standards for for vaping business names. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No puns. That's it, actually, just no puns. No puns, That's, yeah. Because they cannot avoid, pun, like, bad puns. Yeah. And if there's a way that they could do it without including the word vape in every vape shop's I name. I also agree. You know? Yeah. And any, and nothing with, starts with E-dash. Yeah. Anything. So no E-smoking, no E-cigarettes, no E-juice. Yeah. Just none of it. None of it. It's like the worst thing about the 20th, 21st century. I mean, there's also Trump and, and, and horror and maskers. 
And still cancer. And still cancer, but yeah. there's also vaping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can we can uh, take some steps to solve this problem. That's right. I feel good. I feel good talking about vaping. I mean, I yeah. know I know some of our listeners probably do vape, mm-hmm. and they probably enjoy it. And I've seen people who do like vaping tricks. Those are cool. They yeah. do like crazy vaping I doubt tricks. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing we have at least two of them in the city are, are hookah bars. Oh, yeah. Where you go in and you've got like a hookah and right. you're basically vaping off a hookah, right? I suppose so. So a vapor, is it, are they called vapors? That is, the, that is also an idiotic name <laughs> for a device, a vapor. Because it's, <laughs> the name is already taken by vapors. <laughs> <laughs> and also I believe there was a time when you could get the vapors. You could get the vapors, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the the hookah bars, because at least then you can imagine you're the the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland, oh, right? Yeah. That's cool, right? And you're locked away in your own little like hookah place, mm-hmm. and not you know wandering down the street. Also, vaping produces an ungodly amount of vapor. It really does. Yeah, like I, worse than a kettle. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's when I when you walk by somebody vaping, they just they're emitting like clouds of vape. Of e Va- smoke, I don't vapor. know what vapor. vapor. It's vapor. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to grant it with words that belong to the language. Right. I think maybe that's that's why there's like they call vape and e juice because fundamentally, everybody involved with it is like just embarrassed. Yeah, they know they've got little boxes with like vaping around with. <laughs> They're vaping around. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad I don't vape yet. Um, oh God, I got to tell you, after this, uh, after this meeting, I so wanted to go outside and have a cigarette at that break. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, they were talking about it so much. I was like, I don't smoke, but I feel like starting. Ooh. It sounds cool. Well, if, as I recall from my days as a smoker, it was really cool. Yeah. Yes. Could you do cigarette tricks? Could you pull them out of your ear? Uh, or, and then push them in your ear and pull them out your nose. Um. Well, yes, but I mean, I could, they, I would, the one I pushed to my ear would remain sort of squished up in there. Right. And I would have to have another one in my nose ready to go. Right. Well, that's a great way to sneak them into school, though. Oh, yeah. 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 Teachers wouldn't check your ears. No, or your nose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered the smoking ban. The smoking ban is in effect. Uh, it becomes the law of the land on July 15th. The, the bylaw has been passed, so it's, it's, a, it's a thing. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so July 15, uh, you cannot smoke within 10 meters of a door right. or a ventilation shaft, and you can't smoke on a patio if there's um, alcohol or food that's being served there, which, to be fair, is to protect the workers at the restaurant or bar from the second Absolutely. Smoke, which yeah. is legit. But at Q Nightclub U, there is no service on the uh, patio. Oh. It is strictly a place to go outside and smoke. So the problem there is that it's actually the um, the doors. It's too close to the doors for them. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, but we should move on to the next item on our agenda, which I do believe. Is the innovative revenue tools. Is that when we talk about ways for the city to improve its bottom line by uh, uh, doing new, new stuff? I almost swore there. New <laughs> things. Um... No, but it's close. Okay. No, wait, no, you're right. Sorry. Oh, it is? Yes, I was okay. distracted. I was just going to go with whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, I was distracted. So I think uh, it actually the uh, the city's innovative revenue tool, actually it's more of a policy suggestion mm. than a revenue tool because it's kind of hard to make money from it, from this particular tool. Okay. Uh, but it's it's a way to solve um, the smoking bylaw altogether. Uh, 
you know, and the, and the issues with it is uh, we don't allow smoking in any part of the city at all except in one location. Okay. And that is the Capitol Point building. There, there is no Capitol Point building. Well, there will be when the piles and piles and piles of smokers fill the hole and begin to link their bodies together in a structure that reaches up 20 floors. Wow. I think they would actually, I think they would actually go for this if they could smoke. I think so. They would just yeah. be, they would just be hanging out, smoking. Layers yeah. and layers and layers. Layers and layers. And, and the know, butts would form a layer of insulation around the outside. Precisely. And eventually it would pack down and just become like a sheer, um, I guess it would be like a dunny, yellowy brown wall. Yes. And they would, they would be stuck there, but you know, you just keep giving them cigarettes and they'd be fine. This is brilliant. You've yeah. solved so many problems with this. Yeah, and, and inside this building, mm -hmm. we could imprison all the vapors. <laughs> That'll show them. It will. It will. I, I expect I expect many sort of... I expect much positive feedback from my vaping yeah. commentary tonight. Yeah, I bet we're going to get like lots of friends from this. <laughs> all right. Well, if this idea doesn't take off like gangbusters, we've got a few more innovative revenue tools that I will play right now. Did you know Taylor Field was named after Neil J. Piffles Taylor, a World War I fighter pilot that lost his eye during the war, and who was imprisoned in a German prisoner of war camp. Although he only had one eye, Piffles played football until the 1920s. In one notable game, he was tackled and his glass eye popped out. The game has stopped, and both teams helped to search for his eye. It's a Regina fact. You'll find more Regina facts on my blog, KentonDeYoung.com, and every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Do you think Kenton DeYoung vapes? I doubt it. Probably. You know why, you know why I don't think he vapes? Why? Because he seems like a smart guy, and vaping is dope. Just, oh, just as yes. Man. Okay, I'm. I'm I now just the being. Unlikes on our sorry, I'm just being a I actually have, have no real issue with people who like vaping because it's that's got its own thing. So. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, are you going to that record sale on Saturday? Uh, All the cool kids are going. Yeah. CJTR's record sale Saturday at yeah. the exchange, like nine till sometime other sure. time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Actually, I am going to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am going to see JTR's record sale, and I wish I had more, more uh, sort of direct info that we could recite on the air, mm -hmm. uh, as so as to be useful for the listeners. Same. <laughs> I just heard the innovative revenue tool about it, and thought I would chat, chat about, about records. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, for for those of us who have um, record turntables that uh, and like to spin wax platters. Yeah, a spin who those wax tracks. Who wouldn't? Right, much cooler than vaping. Much cooler. Uh, I, actually, I I recently had got my got my turntable back into playing playing shape, and I bought uh, I bought a Dave Brubeck album at uh, oh, yeah. TNA. And when I stopped by the Italian Star Deli, this is turning into the most hipster vagina conversation go. of all go, time. Go, man, go. Yeah, the guy the the guy at the front said, oh. What's your wax? Did he? He I, didn't. He did. He said, "What's your wax, man?" Um, and he wasn't talking about Al Waxman because uh, <laughs> he wasn't there with you. He was not. Al Waxman 
not there with me as I made my hipster circuit of Regina. Uh, but I, the thing was, I just didn't know what he meant because it's been so long since I'd heard vinyl referred to, vinyl records referred to as anything beyond records. Yeah. Or albums or LPs or whatever. Or even vinyl. Or even vinyl, really. That, uh, that something as like straight up cool as calling it wax just completely yeah. went over my head. I think the last time I heard that term was 1918. <laughs> Edison and I were hanging around. That's right. He's he was like, I've got this cylinder I want you to hear. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Uh, but it, actually, it, I actually didn't end up figuring it out right away. But because there was nothing else he could possibly be referring to, I, I, I realized he must be talking about my the record I'd bought. Yeah, and, and you then just cleaned your ears. I had just cleaned my ears, and there, there was no wax. There was no Al Waxman, but there was that record. And after, and actually, after he said it, I was like, oh, okay. I, I see what's happening. I never would have got it. Um, then you, sir, would have looked like a fool. I'm used to that. I'm totally <laughs> used to that. <laughs> All right. Where else were we on the agenda? We um, we were talking about that council meeting last week on Monday. We were. Yeah. You know what else they passed at that? What else did they pass? They passed uh, the Transportation Master Plan. We've been talking about that for weeks and weeks and weeks. It is now passed. It is the law of the land. Ah, finally. Yeah. Now, I did speak to the mayor after the meeting, and I asked him about how long it took. I'm going to uh, let him speak for himself, though. Thank Can you. I ask you about the transportation master plan? No. Not okay, can I get uh, Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, five years to get the transportation master plan yep. done. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Do you think that was an appropriate amount of time to get this project uh, completed? It's just the right amount of time, the right amount of time for this community to get it right. And I'd much rather take time to get it right than, than put it through and not have a plan that works for, for, the, for the community. So, for instance, the issue of how we stage and finance these projects is really important. A strategic overview of this, the first element did not have that. It was simply was a, a, was a report on transportation with no sense of, of uh, strategy in it. Now we have that. So I, I take time to do it right, so I make no apologies for that. We got it right. All right, so that was Mayor Fougere talking about how long it took the uh, Transportation Master Plan to get done. An appropriate amount of time. An appropriate amount of time. Had it been three, not appropriate. Screw it. Yeah. Six? That's too That's rushed. too long. Yeah. But five. Four, five is just right. Yeah. Um, you know, I did I did some talking, some chatting with people upstairs for lit, for legit. Like, this isn't a bit for real. Oh, really? And okay. uh, they did talk about how uh, a couple of things came up. Um the the plan that was shown to public works on november in november of 2015 is exactly identical in content to the one that we passed on monday uh so that was 18 months i think i've said 2 years in past meetings it was 18 months mm-hmm. between then and now um they did talk though about how uh there's you know they 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 tightened up the language they fixed a few things it also sounds a bit like you know there's Upstairs has been hammered by a lot of development applications. So there's Coopertown, this huge um, greenfield development in the north. There's the city's southeast lands. They're preparing to develop those. There are a bunch of greenfield developments on the east end. They're developing an infill development plan. So there's a lot of work that the traffic planners and all of the people who would be working on the transportation master plan have been working on. 
I suspect that might be one of the things that's influencing how long it took the transportation master plan to get from finished mm. to council um, and scheduling as well. Right. Uh, although they they did point out that while the plan has not been passed, the principles of the plan have been guiding the decisions and the recommendations of administration for the last, you know, however many years since the first draft was done. So that's heartening to hear. Um, so, yeah, the transportation master plan is done. We no longer have to worry about that. Uh, I did hear that there's no no actual biking infrastructure is going to be done this year, unfortunately. Well, it's us. Planning. They have, planning it. Well, they're putting in pipes for beer. Yeah, yeah it's all awesome. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if we're not the big stumbling block. They're taking so many of our innovative revenue tools and implementing them all. Right. That that's taking up so much time. We're, we're we're sucking up all of the innovation oxygen upstairs that they don't have time <laughs> to, you know, to innovate something as awesome as a transportation master plan quickly. That might be it. I think that's it. Um, yeah, I think we've turned Regina into like this wonderland of like efficiency mm -hmm. with our recommendations and our innovative tools. Um, we, you could say that we, we ourselves are like our tools. <laughs> I think that I think that would be accurate. <laughs> um, okay, what else happened at the council meeting? Uh, another thing that we talked about uh, many, many moons ago was the Travelers Building. I don't know if you knew this. It burned down. Oh, I yeah. was not. Yes, I, I knew that. Yeah. It was a heritage building. It burned down. So you know what? What would you, what's the first thing you would do after a heritage building burned down? Uh, Wrong. Oh. What you have to do is... Remove the building's heritage designation. Well, birds were flying into the designation and, like, you know, yep. dying when they smacked into it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what they had to do on Monday. So this building that's burned to the ground that is literally just a few busted-down walls. They had to remove the heritage designation so that they could actually finish busting it down. Wow. Well, you yeah. know, it's so, I mean, it's just because so the heritage designation is really tough. Yeah. Just smashing through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good thing they're going to, they can now do that. They can now have like a demolition permit. They can demolish that heritage designation, no problem. I've got a little thing here, another little montage. It's montage Ooh. time again. Yeah, about oh, the heritage gosh. designation. Okay, I'm going to play that right now. Yep. Um, we are um, doing a heritage uh, review. Um, as you know, with the revised budget, the scope has been taken um, to a smaller scope uh, with respect to just looking at ways in which buildings are added and removed from the Heritage Holding Bylaw. We do have our new Heritage Bylaw uh, Program, or pardon me, the Heritage Incentive Program that helps um, buildings um, <coughs> or property owners um, uh, encourage them to designate their buildings. So um, through our review over the next few years, we will be looking at uh, heritage programs and, and what to bring forward towards council. But we, with the revised budget, we are focusing on the heritage holding bylaw. I think once we lose buildings like this, there's no opportunity to get them back. So we do have to cherish what we have and make sure that we do have some protection for them for future generations to know a bit about our history, a bit about what they did back in the day, as my daughter would say. But um, because once you lose them, they're gone. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Bryce. Councillor Stevens. When this building tragically burnt down, and uh, Shana Stock had pointed this out, there had been a lot of neglect. And residents were pointing out since the 1970s this building had been left to deteriorate. Uh, rumor has it in recent years the windows were deliberately left open to allow the elements to erode it further. 
It became probably the home to 90% of Regina's pigeons, which I hear about all the time, nowhere for them to live anymore. Why wasn't this owner held to account more effectively? We have legislation, we have bylaws, we have enforcement. There's zero indication that anything was brought to bear upon the owner of this establishment. Uh, through your worship, um, there was we were working with the property owner, and there was actions, um, and we were working through the process um, to look at how to um, rectify the building and bring it back. So, it's not that the it, that the city wasn't uh, work, um, trying to get the building up to standards. We were working through the processes um, to to get the property owner to um, rehabilitate the building. Miss um, Harlock. Uh, through your worship, so if an order is issued, it must um, be provided to the owner with, and then 90 days to comply. If the owner doesn't comply within those time limits, um, the council we, we may perform the repairs ourselves, um, and that would be at the cost of the municipality. And then those costs would be incurred by the municipality would then be put on the interest on title to the property. Um, so there is a, a whole process uh, involved with respect to getting repairs done. Thank you, Councillor Stevens. Councillor Flagel. Thanks. Um, a couple of things that just don't quite set well with this, especially on this building. Um, in the developer's process, we go through and they do a, a, a plan, a development plan, and if they don't do something within two years, it stops and they have to reapply. I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is that we, we have pretty strict rules for development, and, and the, this situation, we're just willy-nilly kind of doing things and getting it done not really and it's a heritage property that's been around for years and years as a dilapidated building and now we're just saying we're kind of working with it I guess what I'm getting at is we need some more teeth and can we do something tonight or bring something back that's going to say hey if you have a heritage property and it's not looked after and it's not cleaned up and inhabitable in zero to three years we got to do something about it and I don't know what that is but I'm just saying we need to we need to be a little bit stronger because I was just in Victoria and I'm telling you they've got it going with their heritage properties and all their buildings are just sparkling shining downtown is phenomenal I think they've got it the ship is sailing right there and maybe we need to talk to some other cities to find out what they're doing with all their heritage properties because I think this is a travesty that it was not looked after properly. So that again was from Monday's City Council meeting and at the end there that was Councillor Jerry Flagel talking about the Travelers Building which burned down and they've removed its heritage designation so now the rubble can be uh, scraped up. I, think, I just want to remind uh, Councillors, especially Councillor Flagel, if he's listening, that there are standards for speech uh, during city hall meetings, and it's not willy nilly; it's William Nilliam. Oh, yeah. It's I'll make an, it's I'll make note formal. of that. Like yeah. you, like you know, if you just if you're just going to throw around any any term you right. want, and you, you should proceed that with a three year honor, three year honor, William Nilliam. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, just just show some respect for for Mr. Nilliam mm -hmm. and the Nilliam family. And the Nilliam family, yeah. even if they kind of do things a little willy nilly. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that term exists. I mean, the, the Nilliams were just they just did things willy nilly all the time. <laughs> um, uh, but also, I, uh, I I do agree. I but I would also say I think Regina also has got it going. Yeah, they have with, with respect to. Uh, 
you know, with respect to heritage, it's going. It's going. It is definitely We've going. Got it, and it's going. And uh, so, but he's right. We do need some teeth. We definitely need teeth. Um, bylaws, and I think we should enter into a partnership with um, local dentists. Right to get his teeth, to get more his teeth, literal teeth. To actually, we could we could glue it. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to do this all willy nilly. No, we need a sy- systematic sort of like <laughs> program to get these teeth. Put them on the bylaws. Yeah, and that would really, I think, get things going on. It would. It would get them going. The dentists will be so glad to hear about this. They will. Yeah, everybody will finally start to contribute their teeth. Except for, you know, people who have to, like, file these bylaws and then yeah. deal with, like, you know, teeth. Yeah. What about the tooth fairy? Couldn't we get the tooth fairy involved? The tooth fairy's got bags of teeth. She <laughs> gives them to us. And then we'd, we'd have a more toothy approach to uh, our heritage bylaws. I, I think I think the tooth fairy actually sells in bulk to, like, larger centers. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the problem is... Like Victoria, the, where they've got it going on. Right, yeah, because their their laws have teeth. Yeah. And uh, they buy, just, you know, buy, buy the bucket. Yeah. Like, because they don't do things, you know, they don't buy them from William Ilya. <laughs> Who would do that? That's our problem. <laughs> we have to talk. To, I'm writing this up. That's right. No more getting our bylaws from William Ilya. Uh, enough of this haphazard, like, lack, like, you know, approach to dentistry. And heritage bylaws. And heritage bylaws. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. All right. I so think. this is sorted. <laughs> it's all sorted. I think um, I think from now on we should just you know, you should not let me listen to the recordings when you play them. <laughs> okay, I'll see what I can do about that. Uh what else did I learn at this meeting? Uh Let's see. Okay, so city was in conversation. I'm sorry. Um, okay, the cost of the cleanup. So the cleanup that can now commence. Uh, it will be on the property owner's insurance. The cost of fighting the fire, however, is on the city. Okay. Um, and the city is doing a heritage rules review, but the completion of that is years away. But it'll be an appropriate amount of time away. I'm sure it'll be totally appropriate. And uh, we've only had two heritage buildings uh, burn in the last couple of months. I think, I think so. once all of them burn, uh, then then yeah. they'll say, "Hey, we've 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 finally got got our got ourselves a proper proper review." Yeah. You have to wonder, like, um, if the administration is talking to landowners who have heritage properties, uh, the downtown is governed by everything outside of everything around Victoria Park is part of the Victoria Park Heritage Conservation District. Mm-hmm. Those buildings are not technically heritage buildings, but the protections that a building has if it is in a heritage conservation district district are pretty much identical to the heritage laws, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the Gordon Block. That used to be where the Novia Cafe used to sit. Right. It has been sitting there for years, boarded up, moldering away, um, on the edge of the plaza. Uh, I think... The, the Travelers Building, and you know, really lucky that nobody was injured in that fire. Mm-hmm. No firefighters were injured. Nobody had been in or near the building when it was on fire. Right. The Gordon Block is closer to a much more sort of high traffic area, both the alleyways beside it and you know the plaza itself. Um, 
I hope to heck that uh, the fact that the the landowner of the the Gordon Block has a responsibility to maintain that in you know period perfection. I uh, should that hope people so. start taking that seriously after things like the Travelers Building. Actually, actually, yeah, I agree. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're having discussions. Maybe maybe they're working through the processes as they as it of rehabilitating the property. Yeah. With the landowner, as they said. I hope so. At the meeting. Yeah. All right. So there, another building bites the dust. Uh, All for a lack of teeth. Yeah. Okay, what else do we have going on? Uh, there was one other thing that happened this we week. We've got it all going on. We do. Yes. Hang on. I think I have some like other notes here. Oh. Hang on. Yeah, I do. Okay, so one other thing happened this week. On uh, some night, Wednesday night? I think it was Tuesday night. Today is Thursday. So Tuesday night, the day after the council meeting, the city had a big party type event. It wasn't. It was an open house. Oh. Everybody was sitting around drinking coffee in the evening at the Queensbury Center, which is on the Everest Place grounds. That does not sound like a party at all. It okay. wasn't at all a party. Okay. But what they launched was the it was the third open house for the Rail Yard Renewal Project. That's the second phase, I guess, of the Regina Revitalization Initiative, the stadium being phase one, this being phase two. Uh, the rail yards are 17.5 acres, sorry, hectares of land north of downtown. Uh, it was where the uh, train, the CP's intermodal facility used to be. It has now moved out of the city. They're keeping some of the tracks and some of the turnarounds for the trains, but the land that has been vacated, the city bought, and they're going to be putting in a new neighborhood. Uh, it will be predominantly residential, but it will also have retail. And there is a mixed-use community center that there was a lot of talk at this meeting about it being used as a farmer's market or a market of some kind. And I will pass you over here. You can take a look at the pictures of it. Uh, I can say these pictures are definitely representational. Yeah. Uh, It's not some sort of like, you know, white painted over Rauschenberg sort of work. Uh, It looks very nice. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the color choices are excellent for those blocks. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, there are some, like, light purple buildings at an yeah. angle, and another one with a slightly different purple. I think the light purple one that's at an angle is the market building. Um, you, yes, okay. The, the presentation, they talked at length about how there will be a pedestrian bridge that will span the tracks that will be to the south of this development, and that will link the rail yard renewed neighborhood mm-hmm. with the downtown for pedestrians and hopefully cyclists and hopefully moms with strollers. Um, there are some concerns with that, though. The The south exit for the bridge, uh, as you'll see from the map there, it, it exits in the casino parking lot. Uh, I inferred from the ah. meeting that the casino isn't too keen on that location. That's going to cause some trouble in trying to find a new location that they can't put it diagonally from their development plan because that would be a longer bridge. Right. And so they don't know what they're going to do. They also don't know if they can put a support in the center of the bridge because that would have to go down into the CP lands. And they talked at length about how uh, rail companies are you know, fiendishly difficult to negotiate with. Right. So if it has to be a freestanding structure, again, more money. You know what I think? Because yeah. obviously I can see the I can immediately see the problem here if if the casino doesn't want the bridge to touch down, you know, the to touch down on their, you know, on their property, then it's gonna be hard to find a spot. 
Yeah. So we might just have to sort of have it not touch the ground, but sort of be kind of like a cannon, mm. sort of shoot people at random out into like the downtown area. Right. Yeah. And so they won't land in the same spot twice. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Or they could do like the circus thing where you have the human cannonballs mm-hmm. and it's really just a spring, but you put the person in there and you shoot them and then they would go over the tracks of land in the cannon on the other side. And if they're like, oh, dang, I didn't want to go to downtown, they right. could pull the ripcord and boom, they would like shoot back into the other cannon and then they could get out. That's That sounds very precise. Yeah. Much more so than my medieval trebuchet idea. I kind of like the trebuchet though. Oh. Yeah. I think people too. come from all around to see that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to tell you about it. Uh, I think there is, I think there are some concerns with it. Uh, on another page in that booklet that I had there, they list the size of the buildings that are planned for it. Uh, there would be a lot of presumably condo towers or apartment buildings. They were, they ranged in height from about 10 stories to 20 stories. That seems like a lot of yeah, building, frankly. Yeah. For they're, they're hoping, it sounds to me like they're hoping for quite an influx of people. They do. There would be 2,000 uh, people in that development, so I think 12,000 house, 1,200 households, sorry, they were expecting, so 2,000 people. Um, it's only 1,500 people in this city. Come on. I know. I know. They're hoping to double it with oh. this. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to be able to move. It'll be like shoulder to shoulder downtown. <laughs> but also, I got to, you know, I have questions about moving the farmers. It would move, they'd move the farmers market to there potentially. And I think that would kill the plaza if it didn't have the farmers market twice a week in the I, summer. So. I, I completely agree. And also, yeah. I'm not sure that, I think the farmers market is very dependent on the downtown. Yeah. For, certainly for the weekday traffic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if people would even want to, frankly, people in Regina don't seem to like walking. Yeah. More than they have to. But they love trebucheting. They themselves. love. They do. They they love yeah. lots of trebucheting. So if we uh, can uh, if we can afford a trebuchet, or five, or five, and have those set up on the north and south sides of the tracks, I think we'll be fine. We'll be good. Wow, those the like the entire like Saturday morning would be filled with the sounds of trebuchets. Yeah, it would be like fling, yeah. <laughs> and then screams and bodies hitting the ground. Yeah. There would be that too, but there would be that like satisfying pong of the trebuchet. Yeah. You did a much better trebuchet noise. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing more like metallic spring things. Yeah. and yeah. Anyways, that is it. Um, I did have an interview. I interviewed Ian Ria, the uh, chief financial officer, who's also the lead on this project. They've, they've arm-twisted him into staying at the city a couple oh, extra months. He, okay. he officially retired, but he's going to stick around to shepherd this through. Uh, I have an interview with him. I'm going to put it up on the Queen City Improvement Bureau website for people to listen to. Excellent. Yeah. And he talks about this project. But beyond that, we've really got to get to uh, uh, adjourning because we're oh. out of time. We're okay. totally out of time. Uh, well, in that case, uh, I move to adjourn. I second that motion. Motion carried. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Your hosts of the Queen City Improvement Bureau are Paul Deschen and me, Aidan Morgan. You can find us on Queen Theory. CGTR.ca website slash podcasts, or you can also find us on our website, queencityib.com, on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice, also on Twitter, Queen City IB, and on Facebook. Just, you know, type in Queen City Improvement Bureau on Facebook, and there we will be. Coming up next, we have Maddie V of the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by the cockpit. Keep on improving, Johnny.